Good afternoon, my friends. The doctor is in the house. Happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G. Hey, I tell you what, today we're ending 2019 strong. Man, this has been a great year, and we're going to make sure that you have everything you need to just unlock your positive life core moving forward. I'm excited for today's show. Welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G. My name is Dr. Mark Gomez. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician. I practice at an Edward Hospital. I'm also a member of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And I tell you what, today's show, is every show is, is going to be fierce. I have gathered here today with my great friend, Laura Michaels-Harris. You're going to meet him in a second. And we're going to talk about, lay down the foundation on what it's going to take to, as I said a few months ago, unlock that positive life core of you to get you to your health goals, but more importantly, to get you to your life goals. I love it how health and life are so intertwined. I mean, it's, your health is your foundation, make no mistake. Your health is your foundation for everything because it's gonna allow you to do the things. We all want longevity, we want vitality, we want quality of life, and certainly for many of us, we wanna have a legacy. But in order to do that, we have to work for it. And at the end of the day, somebody has to be intrinsically motivated to succeed. So I'm so excited we're going to talk about that today. Today's topic, motivation tips for a healthier you. Again, my name is Dr. Mark Gomez. Check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. You're watching us live on Facebook. We're here at Intellectual Radio Studios. And before we get into this, let me hit you with a quick disclaimer. Got that right. The content content of To Your Health with Dr. G is for informational and entertainment purposes only and that the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Further details can be found at www.toyourhealthwithdrg.com slash disclaimer. So again, it's been a great 2019 and I want for you out there to have a great 2020 and beyond. But again, today's show is about laying down those foundational tips. What can you do now? We can't have a legacy of inaction. We have to take action. And it really comes down to a mindset. I tell that to my patients all the time. And I want you to be successful in everything that you do for you and your family. We're going to talk about prioritizing your goals, looking at attributes that you're going to look for in a coach, and turn about, try, try to find any positives that we can and utilize those positives and use that, utilize that as a catalyst for change. Again, we want you to be healthy, and I cannot wait to talk more. Let me introduce my guest today. I'm so happy to have him here for this exclusive interview. Um, my good friend, Lauren Michaels Harris, I'm going to read his bio in a second, but I want to tell a quick story. Uh, Lauren and I met by chance at a restaurant. I know, by chance. It was actually preordained, if you think about everything that's going on. Things are preordained <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. But my lovely wife, Miss Tiffany E.R. Gomez, I love saying that, Miss Tiffany E.R. Gomez and I were having dinner at a place called Citygate Grill yeah. in Naperville, and Lauren sat down next to us, and my wife, she kind of looked at him, and I don't know, I don't know. She, 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 she had a smile on her face, but she had just been at a networking event, and you had been there. And so my wife goes, she basically interrupted, she, she, she was very polite, she said, excuse me. She didn't just like interrupt your meal and right. say, hey, what's your name? I think you are who you are, kind of thing. But she said, excuse me, are you Lauren Michaels Harris? And you said, why, well, yes I am. And, uh, and, you, and, then said, love that. and then I think you said something like, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I got the attention of the dinner people, the, yeah. the other guests at our table. Yeah. I was like, can you do that again? Yeah, yeah. You have to Hold on. Say. Everybody watch this. Yeah, watch this Go ahead, young, do it again. Watch this <laughs> young, pretty lady say that again. And then the rest 
is history. The rest is. And so I'm so happy to welcome you today. Let me Aww, read his bio. Lauren Michaels Harris, good friend from of me and Miss Tiffany. Lauren Michaels Harris is an acclaimed public speaking coach, best-selling author, recording artist, and voiceover artist. Check him out his, at his website, www.laurenmichaelsharris.com. He's all over social media. Just type in the, the handle, at Lauren Michaels Harris. He's on everything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Check him out. I was on his show this morning, Bathroom Moments. We had a great talk. And really today, it's so awesome that we're talking about opportunity and I cannot wait to get into it. So, Lauren, welcome to the Thank show. You. Thanks, Mark. Please tell us a little bit more about, about your background. How did you get down this pathway of really trying to help people? Mm. Well, you know, um, and just so you all know, when you see me do the air quotes, it's because I'm uh, acknowledging that there are some words that deceive amongst us. Uh, so when you, uh, you won't hear me say things like happenstance, the weirdest thing happened. It sure is strange. I just can't believe. Too good to be true. Mm. Good as hell. No. Those are words that deceive, and I don't play with them anymore. So when I do this, it's letting them know that, look, you're not using me. I'm using you. You know, so, and first of all, yeah, I'm glad you did this with the chair you reminded me, Mark. Next time, if I'm ever on your show again, the first thing I'm packing is not my pen, not my case. It's going to be a booster seat. Because, see, he should have been a psychiatrist. You see what he's done here, right? He's way up there, and I'm way down here. I'm just kidding. Like, I'm like, I, the body posture just comes up. Yeah, and I didn't even notice until we started. But anyway, that's a good one, and I remember that. But yeah, it, it, it started for me about three and a half years ago when some friends of mine, I said, well, you know, you need to audition, audition for this thing called Listen to Your Mother. Um, they're looking for men to speak about their experiences with mothers. And uh, I had been through the foster system, and I had a total of 22 mothers uh, over those years. And so I uh, wrote my speech, delivered it, and uh, that is what kicked off this career that today, here we are, 817 uh, paid speaking gigs later, um, books and just all kinds of great things, coaching and making a difference in the world. And see, what it boils down to is this. None of it was luck. It wasn't something that couldn't happen to any of us. We all have a story. But here's the difference. Here was the defining moment for me in my life that took me from point A to point Z. That's how far it took me. It was this. I know for a fact that in order for me to be the blessing, I needed to look at everything I was ever made to live and understand that that was a part of my blessing. Because you can't be a blessing until you see a blessing. So that's uh, how it started. I, I, I love that, that your journey, but you're, you're on this journey, but your journey still continues. And that's kind of like me too, as you talked about even earlier today, and as getting to know you and everything. You know, this journey, you can write this journey. You know, we are shaped by our experiences in the past, yeah. but, but, but we've got to be present. We talked about that. We can't think about too much about the future. We like to think about the future, but we can't think too much about it. Our energy is finite. It's not infinite. And so we have this moment right now, this moment to now make this change. And I think about it when I talk to my patients out there, and a lot of my patients are listening and watching us live, okay. and hey, uh, I'm not going to say anything because of privacy laws. Right. Uh, but we, you know who you are. Uh, but, but as I feel so privileged to have this people to tell me their story, but I want to make sure that you out there are empowered to just do anything that your heart desires. 
Yes, from a health standpoint, I'm your coach. I want you to thrive. I don't want you to have chronic disease burden. I want us to eliminate those kind of barriers. But we've got to do this, and you've got to have somebody in your corner. So I'm so excited mm -hmm. to break this down. So we're going to get into some nice, lovely questions. So when somebody comes to the office, Lauren, we call that the chief complaint from a medical school. We're still talking medical today. There's no doubt. But talking life. So when somebody right. comes to the office, we call that the chief complaint. And that's why somebody might be there. So if your knee hurts, that's my chief complaint. If I got some chest pain, that's my chief complaint. So the chief complaint, mm. a.k.a. the question of the hour that I want to ask Lauren, is a new year is rapidly approaching, and so are new opportunities for improving our health and lives overall. So what are the fundamental principles that we should follow in order to maximize these opportunities in 2020 and beyond? So as you hear that kind of, Lauren, you know, what are things, if, if people aren't doing anything right now, I mean, should people be doing certain things right now to start to plan and jumpstart their, their life, their health, whatever's important to them in the future? What can they do, like, right now? Oh, absolutely. Anything that a person wants to be successful at uh, should begin before it's, uh, you know, dead in your face. You know, you don't want to wait. That's why I don't like... Um, New Year's resolutions, because people wait until that moment and they think it's like some 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 anointed space that if I say it or 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 um, plan it and say this is my resolution for New Year's, no, did it just become? It's just like bell ringers outside of stores, and where I love that you know people we give we give, but what about the other eleven months when people are hungry, when people are homeless? It still exists. So the need that you identify for New Year's Eve has already uh, existed long before. So if you really believe in the change process, you need to start now. And note, there's the key word right there, in my opinion, not want, because that's why 98% of uh, New Year's resolutions never come to fruition. Why? Because people say, on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, this year I want to lose 30 pounds. That's the beginning of a wish list, because that's where it stops and usually most people end up gaining or at least not losing okay but if they were to speak from a place of need which is how we organically speak when we're babies when a baby needs something they cry and they communicate from a place of need they don't cry because get in here I want you to change my diaper no, they cry because get in here. I need you to change this I diaper. I would, I would love it if my if my kids at the time would, would say that so eloquently. Right. Like, ah, right. They try to figure out what's going on. But that's what you do when you hear a baby in an adjacent room crying. You look at each other and no one says, who wants to go see what the baby wants? No, they say, I'm going to go see what the baby needs. Oh, she needed to be fed. He needed to be picked up. Whatever it is. And so the moment you speak something like now, last month, the month after, next week, even in March, April, June, whenever you say and you speak it from a place of need and you say, you know what, I need, I need a new car. Well, that means I need to, in order to afford it, I need another source of income or I need to reduce my credit card debt in order to afford that car I want. So if you start, any, it's okay to want things, but start by identifying the need so that an action plan automatically comes attached with it. Yes, I love it. Mm -hmm. I always like when I tell my patients, I always say, tell me your what's, your why's, and your how's. And maybe this is me, and you and I got to know each other, and I try to, I, I mean, I still practice how I want to practice. 
but I think you have to go to another level with a lot of patience. And so I also ask him, what are you trying to do? Why are you trying to do it? And then how are we going to get there? And it's almost like the stage. And it actually, was, it was talked about, uh, I believe it was in 1997, there was a, there was a, a psychiatrist, sorry, a psychologist from University of Rhode Island, and he came up with something called, uh, I've got it here, the trans-theoretical trans model of change. But basically, you go through mental changes, mental stages to enact a behavior change, including starting out with a pre-preparation. Mm -hmm. Then you prepare. Because you have that idea, I'm pre-prepared, and pre-preparation, the sun came to your mind. And then you say, okay, now I'm going to actively prepare. And then after that, you're going to take action. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry pre-contemplation, let me, let me get it right. Pre-contemplation. Then you contemplate. Then you prepare, then you take action, then you maintain it. And hopefully the last stage, you don't regress. You have a termination of a bad habit or a bad behavior. But the reality is that I feel like when sometimes you're dealing with people, and I know you see this when you talk with your clients and everything, you're coaching them, you know, how do you meet people? Maybe they're somewhere, you know, and not everybody starts out at the beginning of the stage. You might see them halfway through the game. Maybe they're halfway, they're already contemplated, they're trying to take action, they're stuck. Mm -hmm. But how do you meet somebody where they're at? I guess that's my question for you. When you're talking about motivating people to make changes, how do you meet them where they're at? Um, because you may not know where they're at until you start peeling back some layers on what their mm. goals are, what are their, what's their essence? Mm, that's a great question. Well, in my experiences, um, the first thing that happens is I know, and I am not afraid to express this to people that uh, I come into contact with is, first of all, none of this is by chance. Again, back to where it's said to see. Uh, what are the odds of us meeting? Well, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that we are chosen for each other and you know opportunities I'm chosen for certain opportunities and those opportunities are chosen for me so once that's established it's off the table and we're not second-guessing because here's the deal there's a reason it's called your first mind because I believe personally with my belief sets um, is that my first mind is attached to what I believe to be greater than me in my case that's God so um, whenever I feel something, I feel like being led, or I feel like, you know, I believe in all those in words, I-N, insight, innate, instinct, intuitive. They're all things that are within us already. To tell me, Lord, you don't have to go over here looking for it. You don't have to go over there asking about it. It is already within you. So when I find people where they're at, it's because that was the, that was the divine appointment. That was the perfect time. For us to understand and see each other in our fullness. Now, how do we get beyond that? Oftentimes, it's a matter of, it's, it's always a two-way feed. Yeah, okay, it's not me telling you everything or you telling me everything. It's a two-way feed, but it should lead us to bo both of us or all the parties involved in finding that courage, putting our fingers on the pulse of the courage to look over our shoulder to where we've already been, what we've already lived, to understand how we got to where we are. And I think it, that allows you to identify with people and also gives that authentic, almost like the, um, the you, you have like the relevance, like I've, I've got the credentials. If you've gone through something, maybe somebody, you can identify with somebody, if they're struggling, maybe for me as I think about my patients, maybe they're struggling with that 30 pounds. Uh, but, but if you've been there, it gives you that kind of just authenticity that, hey, I know what you've been through. And I think when, you, when people connect with that and say, wow, this person gets me, because maybe the 
five other people, mm. ten other people in their lives. They didn't. They don't get me. But do you ever feel like you get that aha moment when you click with somebody? Yes. And then you're coaching, and then you learn just as much as they do, if not more. Fair enough. If not more. And here's the thing. That's a great point you make because. Uh, you know, oftentimes, like when corporate 100 or corporate uh, uh, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies will call me in, and it's a small group, which it can be a lot more intimidating than an arena full of people. But one of the things that I, I learned from those smaller groups is when they, I ask, I go around the circle, say 12 people, and these are people that have been working with each, each other for months, years in many cases, and they really believe they know each other. They believe they sit down and break bread and, and know each other's kids and spouses and, you know, uh, when the dishwasher broke down and all these different things. But then you say, what's the one thing that if you had a magic wand and you could change it today, what would it be? And the person will say, well, I wish I were more outgoing or I wish I were more this. And nine out of ten always start with, I wish, which is why they're missing it in other people or afraid to talk about it with other people. So then I'll say right to the other people, so who in here has ever felt less than? Who in here has ever had self-doubt or self-whatever? And a bunch of those hands will be raised. And I said, there are your authorities. They've already lived what you're trying to figure out. How come they don't know that you're still searching and seeking that? You know, there is a universal right promise. Yeah. There's a promise we're told. Why do you think we're told where two or more of us come together? That's, you know, when I go out on stages, I don't care if it's kindergartners through CEOs of companies. I don't care if it's three people to 3,000 people. The first thing I do is I look and try to get eye contact with as many people as I can, and I'll say, I know what you're thinking right now. What is he looking at? I'm not looking at anything. It's whom I'm looking whom? for. Because I know that I've been promised by what is greater than me that where two of us come together, something really spectacular is in the work. And, and, and so I know I'm one of them. Now, each of you, ask yourself, and you out there today, and you out there today, ask yourself right now, it applies right now, am I the other one? When we go there and we start seeing each other, the trust, which is the, 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 the red carpet, of a relationship has already been rolled out. You can go anywhere if you start with trust. Hey, there you, you, you hit the head on the nail, and I think that's one of the things I value as a physician in that people can say, all right, Dr. G, this is you, I've researched you, you're a credible source, whatever, but, but I really connect and I trust your word. Uh, I don't claim to know everything, I don't. Uh, but do I try to strive for the best of what I can do every day? Absolutely, whether it's, whether it's my own knowledge, because I always believe this, and I know you do too, we, we can always work on ourselves. We, always, we have to. Otherwise, there's no growth, right? It's hard, too. It's hard, but we have to be introspective before we can be, you know, before we can pass the message out to others. And I think, yes. I think, I, I think I've got to do that myself. Uh, but, but, but it's this evolution. And same thing with people when they have their goals. I say, listen, I understand, I, you know, I've had surgery. Somebody who says, I'm worried about my surgery. I've been there. I've been a patient in the hospital. I can identify with you. It gives, it makes it, it gives a lot more credibility. And then, but let's have our goals. Let's, let's talk about it. And let's make things realistic and make things simple. That's the other thing that I think about when people want to talk to your goals. Yes. Don't have these lofty, broad goals. Keep it simple. Because if you don't, the frustration is going to happen. Just like my lofty goal for my Chicago Bears. I want them to win against my wife's Green Bay Packers, and I had a lofty goal, and it didn't work. 
didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> but, but, but in all seriousness, though, we got to make sure that you know what you want to do. Uh, so let me ask you this question, Lauren. Sure. You've coached people. You've coached clients. You know, what should somebody, if somebody's looking to find somebody, well, let me rephrase the question. We, a lot of us are surrounded by people that we don't even know are coaches. Think of like your mentors and stuff. You know, we've all been there. Somebody's paved the pathway for us, but we may not appreciate that. But say somebody's out there realizing that, oh my gosh, I may need some more guidance in my direction. How does somebody, what, what can somebody look for in a good coach to help them motivate themselves? Or how do you separate somebody who might be a bad coach? You know, maybe well, somebody does make that step and they say, oh my gosh, I think I got down to the wrong I went down this wrong pathway. I speak to that in the same way I speak to clients who, who tell me they're tired of being alone romantically. You know, it's not about getting out there and looking uh, and trying to find Mr. Right or Miss Right. It's more important that you work on becoming Mr. Right or Miss Right. Because if you were to find Mr. Right or Miss Right and you haven't done any of the self-work, they're not going to recognize you as their, their evenly yoked soulmate, their everything anyway. I love that the evenly yoked soulmate. Yeah. yeah, they won't. They won't see you as Mr. or Miss Right because you haven't done the work to get to where you need to be. So if you get up and you try to improve on what you already have, if you get up every day with an action plan um, and you believe that things, all the great things that come to you are coming to you on their way through you, Everything we do in this universe should be based on an 80-20 rule. 80% should always be about being of service or help to someone other than yourself. The other 20% is where you get to learn and you get to, to make mistakes. And Because there really aren't mistakes. There are really only blessings and miracles that are in the making. So, I, you know, I really believe that when it comes to finding the right kind of person, the good fit, is the same thing I tell clients when they're looking for a speaker. If you, if you are, if this person is right for you, then you should have no problem. I always tell people, imagine those people that you love the most. Would you trust this person to help them sit down and come to agreements with themselves about life-changing decisions? Would you trust them? If you wouldn't trust them with the people you love the most, then you shouldn't trust them to speak to the people that trust you. If you don't trust them enough, then to coach your children, to sit down and be a mentor to your children, to your mother, to whoever it is you need to see as the most important love in your world, then they're not for you. Because we will put ourselves last out of desperation, out of somebody doing me a favor, or I'm lucky that they're interested in me, whatever the case may be. But when we start seeing these things from where we stand as opposed to, you know, when it's uh, tied into people that we really care about, we can make better decisions oftentimes because we're the ones who have been stopping ourselves all along. Every year in February, I wait until the hoopla over the New Year's uh, subsided a bit, but I always post a poll on my social media asking people, who would you say is the number one person or number one uh, obstacle that has been in your way the last year that's, that, that precluded you from becoming who you said you were going to be a year ago? And are people pointing, I can see this, people are pointing their finger right at themselves. At themselves. Look in the mirror. Exactly. So how do we get out of our own way if we have our ego, we're so stubborn? Mm. How do we get out of our own way because that is preventing us from truly living 
our, living out our purpose? And that's a question I ask myself all the mm -hmm. time. Even when I try to try to shape that in in, mm -hmm. in terms of health, how do I? How does what is blocking somebody? How does somebody get out of their own way to now do X, Y, and Z to to hit those health goals? And it's not an easy answer. Yeah. And, and I think you have to challenge people there. Some <laughs> people don't want to be challenged. They might say to me, Lauren, they might say, Oh, Dr. G, just just give me a medication. And and, and I will say it's not it's not necessarily about that a, a medication. You know, to, to be honest, most people it's a newsflash. Most people don't want pills and medications and surgeries. But the reality is, yes, in a life threatening situation, you want that kind of stuff. There's no doubt. Sure. But 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 there's times when you can say, you know what? It's easy for some people to say, I'm I want to just I'm going to stop. I'm going to do this. And, and and then that's going to be the consequence. But I, I want to do more than that. And maybe if somebody was like, if, if, if I wasn't there, if their doctor told them that, maybe that might turn them off. But there's a lot of people that want to hear those kind of words from their physicians. So I always try to challenge myself, what's blocking you from you? It's you at the end of the day. It is you. Yeah. It is you. And a lot of people, Mark, um, are looking for easy answers. And I'm suspicious of easy answers. I don't believe there are easy answers. I believe... There are only tough decisions, tough choices, because that's what they should be. That means that, I mean, if it was easy, I could glance at it and know instantly that it was right. But no, I know that's why there are informed decisions. That it requires me. It, it, it behooves me. It compels me and demands the best of me, which means I look at every opportunity before I make a decision from top to bottom, bottom to top, side to side, side to side, corner to corner and corner to corner. After I have done that, something within me is going to be ignited, which is going to lead me to the right answer. If I don't follow that, then I go to what comes after that, which if it's number two to two billion, it's still second to the first thing you thought, which is now why it's called second guessing. And the other thing was your first mind. Everything that tied in to those intuitive things, those I in words. So I want people to understand, this is very important right here. One of the greatest things you can do for yourself, when right now, when you're thinking about next year and the year after and the year after that, how you can be healthier, how you can be wealthier, how you can be happier, what is the one thing that is consistent on all those words? I'll tell you, there's an ER on every one of those words, which means you are already a version of each of those. You, if you are kind, your goal is to be kinder. Yeah. If you are smart, we all would like to become smarter. What gives you the ER is this, not just saying what you want, but saying what it is you need to fulfill your legacy, to be your happiest, most successful, most giving version of yourself. So you say what it is, speak into existence what it is you need, and then just like when we were kids and we were at story time, my favorite part was when the teacher, and you remember this, I'm sure you all do, when we were in that semicircle on the floor, yeah. sitting Indian cross-legged, and the teacher was reading the book, and then he or she got to the point where they're going to show you the pictures that show exactly what they just finished reading. There are the boxcar children standing in the water at the cool brook, cooling their buckets of freshly picked blueberries and pouring cream on and we're sitting there going mm, that's delicious let me see and then she shows you or he shows you the picture and you're so excited because it matches what you saw in your mind's eye when you choose to become better don't just say I want to become better because that's ego 
You say, I want to do better. I want to become better. I want to be fill in the blank. Because when I, when I did it, when you give it to me, show the pictures to what is greater than you. Here's what I'm going to do with it. Not what I hope to do with it. Not what I plan to do with it. Here is what I am going to do with it. Because now you have convinced yourself to a point where you can say that with no doubt behind it. I love it. You're talking really volumes about the mindset needed. And we have to somehow have that foundation. I always tell people this. If you don't know where you're at on this journey of life, right. it's a minimum thing, you know, You've got a pulse. I mean, we are human. We have emotions. Find what kind of an emotion that's out there that, that just triggers a pulse in you and roll with it. It's kind of like the universe talking to you. If you feel compelled for a cause, something that just gets your heart going, your mind peaked and interested, maybe that's where you start. I always tell people to my, to my patients, I don't have all the answers. Uh, Lauren doesn't have all the answers. He's got a lot of answers, but he doesn't have all of them. And he's working on himself, too, every day. Uh, I work on myself every day. My family, I try to be the best version of me that I can be. But again, you have to start somewhere. When I think about your health, you start with your physician. We talked a little bit earlier today when I was on Lauren's show, we talked about the importance of seeing your doctor on an annual basis. At the minimum, get your physical once a year. Mm -hmm. But again, after you've done that, we know people are busy. We know they might have time to take care of their loved ones, their, their, their grandparents, their children. But if you devote that time for you, I guarantee you, it will pay dividends. Oh, yeah. We're talking about that short-term, you know, with that long-term gain, there's no doubt, but you're talking about short-term sacrifices to get that long-term gain. But it got, not, not, not a lot of us know exactly where we're trying to go, but something, something's out there, like today, something's compelled you to listen to me and Lauren talk. Something's driving you here. Whatever that is, whatever inner thought that was, roll with it mm -hmm. and apply it to everything that you do. Be your version of your best self. Let me ask you this question, Lord. Mm -hmm. We're talking about motivating people for their best selves. Um, let me ask you this. If somebody tries, if somebody regresses, because we're talking a lot of positive, uplifting stuff, and people need to hear uplifting message, there's no doubt. But some of the realities, people may regress. How do you get somebody back out of that regression and get them back into a series of progress? generally speaking? Well, it's, it can be a dicey thing to do. However, it, it's, it's about how we picture the journey, how we see it. You know, for many decades, I was stuck. A lot of us have been, some still are, because we continually, continually force ourselves to go back to the proverbial scenes of the crime. Um, we won't let go of something. We carry it with us. Um, we beat ourselves up. All of those things are because we focus, in my opinion, I've, they're cataracts of deception. They are um, physical cataracts, emotional cataracts. Um, As a physician, I love that you use that, by the way. That's what they are. Yeah, they are. Because that's not permanent. Cataracts can be removed and give you clear vision. LASIK surgery proves that. So you have to decide where you go in this universe for your LASIK surgery. And the place that I like to go to, and I suggest uh, the people that come to me for assistance go to, is to the truth, which is wherever you find it in what you believe to be greater than you. Yes. It has to start with the truth. Shakespeare said it best, to thine own self be true. When we stop lying to ourselves, 
You know, because if you, you can, I'd rather you lie to every person in the world as long as you don't lie to yourself. Because there's no way out if you do that. Because here it is. I mentioned earlier to you about the agreements. Yes. About people with feeling they... Yeah. Right. Hey, why don't you tell people this kind of concept? Right. Well, a, a lot of people who can't get past something is because they believe in something that isn't true. And when you believe in something that isn't true, it's constantly changing. Because it's not true. If a person is building a home, ask a homeowner, a home builder, or a construction person, if they want to know if a line is straight, if a shelf is, is perfectly centered, they say that line is true. It means it's not one direction or the other. It's not curved. It's not bent. And we think we can bend the truth. They, you know, we think all those, these are words that deceive. No. To thine own self be true. Truth is so important. Here's why. It is the only thing in the universe that will never change on us. And it will never change at all. What we know as the truth today, should it be the truth a billion years from now, if we return from wherever we go when we leave, it would still be sitting there, the truth. So, but it's the things that aren't the truth that change at every turn. So, we set things in motion based on one of two sponsoring thoughts. Your initial thought in any situation, what you can do, what you're capable of, what you need, what's important, do they love me, do I feel this, is all based in either a sponsoring thought of truth or a sponsoring thought of fear. A sponsoring thought of love, because love and truth are interconnected, yeah, yeah. or a sponsoring thought of fear. The sponsoring thought is paramount. Why? Because it represents the seed. If you, if you start with a seed of fear, you're going to grow a plant of fear. The plant is going to bear fruit of fear. If you plant a seed of love or truth, you're going to grow a plant of love or truth, and you're going to receive and bear fruit based in love and truth. Depending on which one of those you choose, because you're gonna, there are only two choices, the one we choose and the one we don't. It could be the difference. For me, it took me five decades to realize there is a difference between running from something and running into the arms of something. One is out of fear and desperation. The other one is out of joy and everything good. When you run into the arms of something purposeful, it lifts you up and spins you around like a good lover does. When you're running from something, you can't go anywhere in front of you because you're too busy looking over your shoulder. Is it catching up? Is it gaining on me? I would add even love. I love, I love that, but because it's true, I would even add when you're in that joy, the gratitude that you have, the appreciation is unbelievable. That we should have. We should have. Yes. Because a lot have. of people it don't. don't. Yeah, Why? Should. Because they count so much of that up to luck, up to you know coincidence. How do we get our? And I agree. It's like we got to get our minds. It's not coincidence. You, for for me, it's like you put in that work. You dedicated yourself. Yes. Appreciate what you've done. Exactly. And revel in that. But no one's talking about ego and can, being conceited and things like that. You've done those things that have inspired you. You've lived it. There's proof, verifiable truth, as yes. you said, that yes. you've done it. And here's the thing. This is important. Write this down if you have a pen handy. If not, grab one, because I'll repeat it at the end of the broadcast. Everything we've all been made to live... Those things that we've gone through, none of them were horrible, horrible curses. What those things were there for were to establish each of us as an authority 
on something. Because every situation, and that's back to what I was saying earlier about people that get stuck in the event. That's the mile marker. The mile marker is along a highway to show you went from mile one to mile two. But the journey in between is where everything took place. That's where you, you passed the beautiful tree or the meadow of flowers or the horrible accident or the person hitchhiking. It was in between the mile markers. It wasn't necessarily at each mile marker. The events, our life is an event. The birth date, the death date, but the dash, you've heard this, is really what it's all about. It is our story. So, you know, once you get over sitting on top of events, because, you know, in order to pick up something new along the road, we have to be willing to drop something off, put something down, uh, and back to the agreements. I don't make bad decisions and bad choices. I create bad agreements. I, you know, I agree to um, sit on the couch and watch Housewives of Atlanta and just fill my body with whatever's closest for me to eat. That's an agreement that I make because I say, oh, it's Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. I know where I got to be. That's an agreement. If you put it on, bravo. If you air it, I'm there. That's what we do. We make agreements. We make agreements to, to hit the snooze button five times and not get up and go to the gym like we said we were going to. But in order to have a new agreement, you have to break the one that has been keeping you from what it is you are destined to do. I love this quote, by the way. When you talk about the old, there's actually a quote by, by Socrates, one of the founders of Western philosophy, Western philosophy. The secret of change is focusing all your energy not on fighting the old, but on building the new. That's right. I'm thinking back off what you said. You had those old, you had those, those, those barriers, those bad contracts. You can choose to break that. You can choose today to say, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm going to start and create a new foundation and enjoy the ride on everything else that can happen from that. I always like, the, I always like the, the phrase from Voltaire who said, I choose to be happy. You know, he said, I have decided to be happy because it's good for my health. I like that. Of I course wanna, you yeah, would. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. As a physician, that's I like great. I, I like it. We like that. We want to be happy with the people that we want to be with, the people we love, our faith, the things that are there for us that drive us. Again, we talked about earlier, having something that gives you a pulse. You know what it is, and you want to just, you know, when you're there, you want to just shout it. Yes. I would say, like, when I profess my love to Miss Tiffany, I want to shout it out. You know, and it's true. And I shout it out at, the, at our ceremony, at our wedding. But, but, but there's something that's there that you feel part of something. And sometimes greater it can be greater than yourself. Sometimes it can be indescribable. But you know it's feeling the right way. And you just go with it. So I'm saying I want people to let go of some of that old. Let go of that. We have to continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. We move forward together. We pay for the old saying, Lauren. It takes a village. Surrounding yourself with the people that, that, that will make you better will ultimately lead to so much more in return. That's right. Let me ask you this question, Lauren, and then we're going to get sure. into some myths versus facts in a few moments. Okay. So, we're talking about this foundation, but a lot of people want to know, you know, I want to sustain it. I want to create lasting change. Mm -hmm. When you're kind of working with your clients, generally speaking, you know, you know, when they've done some of the specifics, the little things, before they get more broad, because you're going to have them be specific on things, but how do we create the lasting change? change and last and then i'll follow that up with how does somebody then when you pass the torch you have a client that finishes with you how do they keep that internal 
motivation going. So how do you create the lasting change, which then by you as a successful coach, you can say, you know, you're going to have a tear like, I'm so proud of him or her. I'm so proud. But, they, but you know that they've got this. They're like, I got mm -hmm. this. How do, you, how, do you, how do you lay that down? How do people that are listening to us today can do that? Lasting change and then say, I got this. Well, you know, interesting thing is, is that I've never said goodbye to a coaching client. And because we are family, by the time we get to where we've outgrown each other, <clears throat> and, that, and I say that from both sides of the aisle. Um, but I will say this, lasting change. Listen to what that says. How does that sound? Lasting change. The truth is the only thing that will never change. If you want anything to last, start with truth. You, every opportunity you have, we must do just like Dorothy did in The Wizard of Oz. If you, and you can Google this. Google Dorothy lands in Oz. What happens is you see the house come out of the sky and it lands. Everything around her is in turmoil, as it can be and always will be in life. Life will always be up, down, up, down, up, down. She does not jump up and run out the back window, which is two feet from her. She grabs the most dearest possessions near her, her basket and toto, and she heads for the front entrance. Not the back, not the side, but the front. And she doesn't just run through that door that she's come in and out of many times. She peeks in and she sees the colorful Oz on the other side. Does she run in and slam the door behind her and leave us over in the rubble? No. She backs out of the way and the camera pans in and goes in first as if to say, after you. If you allow trust, if you allow truth, if you let all those things that are principles, those things in this universe that we cannot break, but we can be broken against, if you allow them to go through every door and window of opportunity first, and you say after you, the rest will take care of itself. And here's why because the truth will never change and it's never going to change so it will last so I always tell people you want to change people that don't are always looking for I want smooth sailing that is the equivalent of a flat line and no yeah. up yeah. no down yeah. what is proof of life this and what happens when you when people are brought from death back the the if you're up on a heart monitor of life the line comes out straight, it goes up first every time. It goes up. Diastolic, systolic. It goes up. It doesn't go down and then up. So you're never going to go down more than you will go up. You will always be able to go up and see the view so that you can report on it and remember it when you happen to be down. It's all been that way. When people have drowned and they're doing chest compressions and they come back, what's the first thing they do? Their body goes up. When they're cardiac arrest, clear. They hit them with the paddles. Their body jumps up. Everything is designed to let you know you will have just as many ups, but they will come first as you will have downs. But they have to be because that is the rhythm of life. I love it. Yeah. Let's get into some myths versus facts. So what Ooh. I do each week on the show. Yay. Oh, this is great. Oh, we're going to have a fun with this one. Every week on the show, it's here for Dr. G. We do myths versus facts. And it's really about getting people the right information. And yes, there are some truths out there. There's a lot of truths. We want the truth. We're talking about the truth. We're talking about building trust and delivering truth. And so we have to set the record straight. So what I'm going to do on myths versus facts, I'm going to say a statement. And Lauren's going to uh -oh. say either myth or fact. We're going to kind of do like a speed round. Boom, boom, boom. Uh -oh. A couple sentences why it's a myth okay. or a fact. 
I might, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, Lord. I might jump in on this one, but you know, I'm gonna give myself the lob balls on this one, the underhand tosses. Right. I'm gonna give you the hard ones. Yeah, I feel a I don't. I do that. It's all good. So here we go. I'm gonna ask Lauren this statement. Here we go. Myth or fact, and then we'll tell why. And we'll keep this rapid fire. Here we go. Okay. Myth or fact. Number one. Self care is not necessarily being selfish. Myth or fact? Oh, that's a fact. Please explain. Because it's it's tough love. It's if you can, here it is. You cannot do for anyone else what you're not willing to do for yourself. How are you going to be an authority? Why should I believe you if you haven't lived it? I agree. I agree. That's a fact. That's I fact. love self care. Remember, take take a moment. Every day we should be practicing self-care. Mm. Do something for yourself today. I start with my day, something called starfish. I breathe for about a few minutes in this starfish position, and I go, and I just kind of set the tone, and I say, you know what? I am I'm putting myself out there. I'm vulnerable, yeah. but I'm also going to be resilient in my daily efforts. Here we go. Myth or fact, I'm going to do this one. You can force people to listen to you if they do not want to listen. I say that's a myth. Yeah. You cannot force people to listen to you. If they don't want to listen to you, they ain't going to listen to you. Uh, right. But you want them, if you have a message, I want you to still broadcast that message. Not everybody might hear it, but somebody going to reach out there. But, but you cannot force people to listen to you. No, but you can force them to hear you because you can scream and stomp oh, your on. feet. But it doesn't mean they're listening. It's like, pick up the megaphone out and say, hey, That's hey, right. Oh, That's right. Here we go, Lauren. Myth or fact. Coaches need to practice what they preach. Myth or fact. That is, it's or a little you, bit of both. Give me an asterisk. You can give me an asterisk in there. If you well, want. <laughs> a, I, I would change a couple of the the pronouns in there. Okay. I believe that coaches. Uh, say, can you repeat yeah, it? Exactly? Coaches need to practice what they preach. I think coaches that should read coaches in order to be one hundred percent true. Mm -hmm. Coaches must master what they preach. Okay. They must master it. You have to be an authority on it, or else you have no business. No credibility. It is a, such an honor to be able to get inside the hearts and minds of other human beings. You can't just be willy-nilly guessworking it. Someone's life usually depends on it. Yeah, I think about what I do as a, as a physician. Yes, I've had the training to do what I have to do because a matter, it can, you're right, it can be a matter of life or death, certainly, mm -hmm. in my situation. So, yes, I would agree with that. I like how you changed a little bit, but it makes sense. You have to be a master. I love that. Here we go. Myth or fact? I'm going to give you another one, Lauren. Me? It's I, know, I know. I know. It's right there. I'm trying to pick out. i got a nice list here. I'm trying to pick out the easy mm -hmm. ones for me. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Easy. Here we go. No, I'll do this one. Here we go. Uh, here's a statement. You must evoke behavior change for those you care for before evoking behavior change for yourself. That's a myth. Man. You need to evoke change in yourself prior to evoking change or being a catalyst for change in others. Your thoughts on that one? Absolutely true. Um, you know, if, if you don't, then people can go, oh, look who's talking. You know, and that's just like, have you ever been, uh, uh, put a, 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 a person who currently smokes across the table from someone who is a reform smoker? A person who just... Uh, got saved across with someone who was a backslider or is uh, holier than thou. People are always going to look for a reason to go, mm, I thought you said you quit, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you have to do your thing and stick with it. And, and it can't be because of what other people think. It has to be because of what you know. Wonderful. Here we go. Myth or fact. Here you go, Myth Lauren. Fact. I like this one. If you get resistance from a client... You should let them know you are here for them when they are ready. I agree with that. Okay, you think that's fact? I think that's Please fact. Please explain. Well, because resistance, you know, my birth mother uh, told me 
the last ten minutes of her life, uh, she was transitioning. I didn't know it until after. But she said to me, she said, Lauren, I've seen where God is taking you, and I'm sad right now. And I was like, why? Because I scared him. I was like, what'd you see? <laughs> and she goes, because uh, you're going to do great things, but one of the things that's going to really make you, um, give you a lot of sadness in your life is that you're going to always want what your, your expectations for other people will always be greater than they have for themselves. And that's the thing. You know, sometimes we will want something for someone and they're just not ready. They're just not ready. And you know what they're capable of. You can see oh, yeah. the greatness within oh. them. You know the potential is there. But they just refuse to believe in themselves. And it's so painful. It, it's so, so, so painful. I think about that in some of my patients that I have. I mean, I love my patients dearly. Mm -hmm. And some of them, you just know they're one step away from unlocking this awesomeness. Yep. And But when they're ready... They'll be ready. I'm here for you. Let's do one more of these. All right, here we go, Lauren. I get the last one. Here we go. Okay. Two in a row, baby. Here we go. I like this one. Working toward a goal provides a major source of motivation to actually, in, to actually reach that goal. So working towards a goal provides motivation to actually reach that goal, which in turn improves performance. What do you think? Myth or fact? Oh, that's a fact. Please explain well, I mean, anything that I want, if it, were, if it were easy, everybody would have it. Fair enough. Everybody would do it, you know. Um, and the, the journey is what it's about. You know, to be able to look back and, and, and really understand and have measurable results. There's a reason they're called measurable. Because you can see that, you know, it's just like, if, if, if we, let's put it this way. Take your favorite food, your favorite meal. Would it be the same if you could just open up a box and dump all the things into something all at once, not have to mix it, not have to do anything else, just stick it in the oven or, what, or the fridge, and it was done? Do you think it would? No. That's why you have to measure it, because in order for something to turn out as perfectly as you desire it to be, you have to have measurable results which means things that you, steps that you took so that you can understand all that went into it. You know, coming up, and everybody's wrapping presents now. When you step back and you look at your tree or you look at a gift wrap that, and you say, wow, look at those bows and ribbons, I put that extra touch, it's because of what you feel for the person that you're giving it to. You pour yourself into something so that you can give that overflow to someone else. Excellent. I love the measurables. We have to do that and it really encapsulates the behavior change process. Yes. So there you go, myths versus facts. So we got about five minutes left. This has just been an awesome discussion. Just just conversation on just just out, what's out there. It's okay to put yourself out there. Sure. So the bottom line is when you put yourself out there, the benefits, the things that are gonna happen are gonna be unbelievable. So I want let's wrap this up. So Lauren, yes. give us we've had so many amazing listeners today listen to our show and everything, uh, and listen to our message. But I want to give, give us a couple take-home points for those that are listening to us to really be successful. How do, they, how do they take what we're talking about today and apply that to that next level? If I can only speak to how I do it and how I've done it and how I plan to continue doing it. We kind of touched speak on this truth before. In. That's right. I find ways to remind myself that the greatest things in my world did not come from me. They came through me. 
First they came to me on their way through me. I remember this process in all things. Everything that we've ever been made to live was for a reason. It is a tunnel of experience so that you go in a novice on one side, you come out the other in authority. So you go into something, that's why we have the terminology, keep your eye on the prize. There's always light at the end of the tunnel because it's to encourage us to get through it. That's why I don't believe in wall talk. Get over it, get around it, get from underneath it. I only believe in getting through it by going through it. Because when you go, now you come through the experience. As you go through the experience, you grow. So you go, then you grow, you come out the other side, now you know something. You're in authority. You can't, I didn't learn, I didn't just hear about it by accident. It wasn't a rumor. I lived it. I know this to be true. Now, once you can say that, now you can go and you can show someone. So you go, you grow, you know, then you show. Those four things. And if you ever find your place yourself stuck in a place where you don't know what to do. This is why you have to let the truth go first so that it is in the hands of something greater than you. Hands off the wheel. And your four little words will get you through each and every time. Thy will be done. I may not know what it means. My wall full of uh, post-it notes at home are all things. Half of them don't make sense to me today. But all the most 99.9% .9 of all the... No. 100% of all the blessings in my life today were once something on a post-it note somewhere in my world. Something I didn't understand, but I put it in front of me so it doesn't get buried or covered up, dropped on the floor, lost in the shuffle. Because when I need it, the truth will always still be there in its fullness, just like it was the moment it came to me. That's Wonderful. It. My final thoughts are this. Act as if what you do makes a difference. Because it truly does. Yes. You know, making daily choices, it can be difficult, but it's not impossible. I want you out there to find that person in your life that motivates you. Something, again, we talked earlier about something that gives you a pulse. And I want you to go with it. We need our support. There's no doubt about that. But making choices can be far more difficult than we realize. But we have to make the choice. You make the choice, and beautiful things can happen if it's done the right way. What you have in your mind, whatever's limiting you from achieving what you need to achieve, just break down that barrier. Put yourself out there. As I said in the morning, take five minutes for yourself. Set the tone to start your day. Each day, I'm so grateful that we have an opportunity. Each day is an opportunity to build on the next to succeed to the fullest. So, hey, this has been a great show. I want to thank my good friend, Lauren Michaels Harris. Hey, for Check me. him out. Website, www.laurenmichaelsharris.com. He's on all the social media, at Lauren Michaels Harris. Sure. Hey, this has been a great show. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for having hey, me. Hey, this has been awesome. So, hey, everybody, you've been listening live and watching live on Facebook and intellectualradio.com. This episode is written by Mark D. Gomez and Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Producers, Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Music is by the wonderful Mr. Havis. Copyright 2019 by MDG Wellness, LLC. All rights reserved. Hey, everybody, I'm going to be taking a vacation for a while, but I'll be back on January 22nd, 2019. Well, not 2019. That'd be bad. 2020. <laughs> there you go. 2020. We're going to be back in it. Hey, everybody, have a safe yeah. and blessed holiday. Thank you. Check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. Peace out.